It's Randalicious. Welcome to the SEO Rant. I am your host, Morty Oberstein. You might know me better as Wix's head of SEO branding, but I'll remind you that this podcast has absolutely nothing to do with that. This is pure, unofficial Morty Magic and Morty Mania. Where can you find the SEO Rant? You're listening right now. You've already found it. Mission accomplished. Thank you, George Bush. That's my new line for this. Um, I guess, technically speaking, you can go to the SEORant.com and find it. You can find us on Twitter at SEORant, or you can go wherever you consume your podcast. If you don't know where you consume your podcast, you have problems because I'm not the one who knows where you consume your podcast. But if you don't know where to consume a podcast, welcome to 2022. Just Google it. Anyway, the SEO rant comes out typically on Thursdays each week. Not my full-time job, not my full-time job, not my part-time job, not my anytime job. So if I don't have time, I don't do an episode. So it does make sense to subscribe. So you're automatically notified. But generally speaking, on Thursdays, you can look for it. This week, we have someone who's, we have an amazing conversation because this is a topic I've never read about, talked about, heard about in SEO at all. And it's, we might get a little political, probably. So that'll be interesting. Anyway, he's an SEO consultant out of the UK with the e-com folk. He's a traveler, cycler, and a runner. He's Owen Lloyd Williams. Welcome to the show. Hey, Modi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I, I, I say this all the time, but I generally love when someone says, I, so the way this works, this is a very loosey-goosey podcast. So it's loosey-goosey on the show. It's loosey-goosey before the show. And I'll just love say, that. yeah, like whatever topic you want to talk about, let me know. I'm pretty much down for anything unless I just covered it on the podcast. And you're like, yeah, we should talk about this. And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. I just just go back. You've actually mentioned those, those hobbies you picked up from somewhere. Like, I feel awful now. I haven't done any of those things in ages. It's like playing running. Who has the time for that anymore? Need to get back into that. You know, but. it makes it good. So now I feel like I'm guilting you into like starting this again. Yeah, I, we're good. on this podcast. We're about making you healthier through guilt. Yeah, because I'm we Jewish. That. That's how I work. Absolutely. That's how I roll. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I. I Grew up in a Welsh family a bit. They're, they're also very guilty. Oh, good. Yeah, people. nice. All right, so we speak the same <laughs> language. Um, <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about China SEO. I almost feel like doing like the Donald Trump China SEO. Mm, China. China. Um, <laughs> what the heck is China SEO? Um, I, I, where to unpack that? I mean, it's um, it's complicated. Um to, to quote a phrase, I guess, it's, um, there's a lot of moving parts to it. Uh, China SEO is, um, I mean, you can, there's a lot of mirror images in terms of how it works uh, when looking at Google SEO. The same principles do apply, that being, you know, building an optimized website, good architecture, good technical markup, good on-page, you know, structured well, all that kind of thing. But, like, the difficulties come um, in having, uh, like, a China presence in some form um so it used to be the case when i was actually doing china seo um, in china when i came back to the uk i lived out there for a while and i sort of like kind of pivoted myself as this china guy you know um and i was doing that for a few years back in the kind of mid 2010s um and it was quite easy back then to actually kind of run operations from let's say the uk you didn't have to kind of necessarily go through things like um you know um cdns which i'll get onto a bit later you could actually just set up a buy your account um, you know, run PPC campaigns from the UK with UK business credentials and off you go. And, and we had some sort of moderate success with that in terms of link building campaigns, getting sites ranked for various amount of clients. Um, nowadays, it becomes much more of a kind of jumping through hoops exercise. And you mentioned about the political side of things. Um, thank you, Xi Jinping, uh, for reversing China into, uh, I'd say, about 20 years in terms of openness. Um, it's a bit of a shame, like going off topic a bit. I, when I was out there, there was a thriving music scene. There was a thriving creativity scene. Last time I visited uh, for work, about sort of four years ago, they were actually knocking down the venues that I used to play in 
as I was sitting there having a beer. And that that has actually rolled out uh, into, you know, things like, uh, you know, even how Baidu operates, the main search engine in China. So it, it, it is quite administerial now. It's pretty difficult, but there are ways you can succeed. Yeah, how does that how does that go down? Because I, I'm assuming there are things that you, you can't talk about on a website now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always been the case. Um, they when I was out there, they blocked Facebook um, in 20, uh, 2009. Uh, that was due to a kind of uh, coverage of uh, Uyghur uprisings in, in Xinjiang in the West. Um, the problems they're having there with the Muslim community um, that are you know have their own rights and have their own. I'm not going into that too much, but um, you know, uh, yeah, that that caused Facebook to be blocked. There's always been uh, a heavy amount of censorship. Um, so you always have to be very careful. But um, even from a search from a search perspective, this ties into kind of words you can use. Obviously, the kind of the three T's you can't touch on Tibet, Tiananmen, Taiwan. Obviously, that's no go at all. I mean, very edge case scenarios there. You're a business going to China, but you can't use words like superlatives, uh, for example. So um, you know, I, I was working with a forex brand trying to get into China a few months ago, and they were, you know, it's very kind of competitive, heavy you know, kind of almost like kind of spammy keyword approaches to how they get people to click through. It's like best traders, top traders. You, you can't do any of that in China. You can't use superlatives in Chinese. You know, you have to be kind of quite smart and you can get taken down at a, you know. Why is a, that? Like, is, is a superlative like politically like sensitive? Like best dishwasher is like somehow <laughs> offensive to the regime? Um, <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually, I, I, I kind of assumed it was to kind of stop Bam. Um, you know, and there probably is like a super, there probably is a proper reason by why you can't do that. Uh, you know, um, you know, I honestly don't know. I, I mean, I, I, so I guess like if you go through to kind of like, you know, tap into Chinese culture a little bit, there is words like that you just don't see often, you know, um, mm. in day to day conversations. It's um, quite the antithesis to how the US would say things or even us in the UK, um, you know, in terms of saying like number one and you know, right, like in the U.S., we're um, full of shit all the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> best whatever, a a a locksmith, best locksmith, New York. That's it, exactly. So imagine being an eBay buyer, eBay seller in in China. Oh, I think it's probably even blocked over there now. But um, you know, a a plus seller can't do any of that. You know, um, so yeah, superlative is out of question. There's a whole number of uh, array of kind of words and terminologies you just can't use, and there's nowhere, there's no real kind of documentation of this. Um, there is there's some obviously there's a Wikipedia article on internet censorship in China, which is pretty thorough, but it covers mostly political topics um, mm. and societal topics. That for an SEO going to China, you just got to kind of it's trial by error, really. Um, so if you have yeah. content on your site that's the um, not deemed suitable by the powers that be, but you have the, that's like one fold. Like you have like site folder things i can't talk about in china and then you have like you know your store your, your regular blog will baidu pick you up and be like whoa, whoa, whoa like that folder is like taboo now your whole site we're not ranking it or they, they're able to separate out like that piece of content we can't touch that piece of content we can't it's not the whole site, they, the they, whole site. They, they would remove it on that that sounds um, very yeah that sounds yeah. like it's right up the rally to do something like that in china Definitely, like going back to the Facebook YouTube example, like that one incident, one one example of certain videos going viral of stuff that was happening in these in these in these regions in, in northwest China, and the whole sites were taken down, and, and that's, that's been the case since then. You know, and uh, yeah, go, wait, going no, back wait to, they'll de-index you. Like if you have that, yeah. not only like wow, so like not that's only gone. are they not like it's not like a manual action, like no, they're just de-indexing the. No, it's not, it's not. It's not something you can recover from. Um, <laughs> 
at all, uh, unless. Wait, can't you uh, so go to like you know like some kind of like educational jail to recover from that in China? Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you, you just have to kind of yeah renounce all your sins right. in some way. I guess you know, manual actions in, in in Google, like hey, fix the site. Manual action in China. Go to re-educational facility. Quite. Yeah. Don't right. don't don't do what you're doing and start selling. That's a real. Know, um, uh, it's a real okay, penalty. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and, but there, there are, this has happened to me before, and there are, there are ways you can look at kind of recovering from that. Um, and it's, I would say it's kind of borderline what we'd say uh, would be black hat SEO today uh, in, in sort of modern day Google terms. Um, so harking back to that Forex example that I worked on and, and this like, very competitive regulated industries in China where only a kind of few are selected to actually have their websites indexed and actually be able to operate properly. Um, we were one of those that were, um, but um, the, the site would routinely get taken down by China because you'd have people that were paying legislative bodies more money to operate and had gained dominance of the SERP and they would say, well, I want those guys gone and that would eventually happen. The, the ways to deal with that are to have like a kind of very complex series of kind of backup domains in place so that if one goes down, the other goes back up, things get redirected. The, the backup site's already indexed, they're on China, but you can manage things around chronicalization uh, so they're not duplicated in the cert, but then you have a quick solution to kind of recover what you might have lost rankings and traffic-wise from that site that goes down. But it's a constant putting out fires kind of effort in that, those kind of industries. How, I mean, how good is Baidu at picking up on cloaking? Um, probably probably not very good, actually. I would imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Based on what I've just explained, yeah, I mean that 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 worked for a bit. You know, obviously it would eventually happen. Um, you, you'd get pings at you know middle of the night from from Cloudflare over CDN using saying fight down. You know, you know what you know what will happen. Everyone hands on jumping on redirects in place and you know uh, getting a site back up the backup site. But it, it yeah, pretty slow. Um, thing is, we, we would have those sites set up and Baidu webmaster tools. It's got webmaster tools that you have to use to get things indexed. Um, you know, you think that's the clue for them, uh, but no, it, it takes a while, but yeah, it, it does happen eventually. It's like amazing. So like Google's trying to get smarter to understand things so that it can show users better results. Biden's trying to get smarter to understand things so it can make sure it's not showing what it's not supposed to be showing. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. okay. So if you can compare the two, how smart is it? Like if you compare Google to Baidu, how, how, what's the, what's the um, parody there? Like is Baidu a million times less intelligent than Google or is like, it's not as bad. No, I think I think, so I think it's it, they they kind of have their own different trajectories. I'd say um, I you know things like intent and machine learning. Uh, I don't think Baidu is quite there yet. Um, you know, you put put a kind of a query into the search engine, it won't necessarily automate stuff based on your browser history and things like that. You know, there's no kind of knowledge graph as as, as much as there might be in Google. Um, in terms of like how it ranks sites, it's kind of followed a similar as I said before. It's like the stuff, the same stuff still does apply in terms of best practice. Um, but no, I, I, there's, I've seen the kind of phrase bands around, you know, in my time that it's like five years behind Google. Right. Um, I would say it's kind of like as a, on a basis, it's the same, but it's just followed a different trajectory. And it, it does differ. It's kind of done its own way. It does things that Google doesn't do, uh, for example. So you've got, um, you know, a lot of the SERP real estate, I guess there are some parallels here of Google, but one key cornerstone of Baidu SEO success is making sure that you've got a presence across uh, Baidu's own property and things like that. Um, so, you know, Baidu, um, Wikipedia, uh, Quora, Reddit, um, you know, Yahoo Answers, going back a few years there, like all those equivalent, all those equivalents uh, in China are owned by Baidu and they all, they all will take up about 50% of that SERP real estate once you do type for any kind of branded or non-branded query. So you have to have 
a footprint across those wow. as well. So that that that's another thing to take into consideration there and how it differs. It's interesting because like you know SEOs when Google they, you know own something on the on on their SERP, it's their SERP, but when they own something on the SERP, it's like oh yeah, this, you're you're taking. I mean, when I imagine in China when like, when the state owned search engine says. We own this, like yeah, of course you own this, like yeah. own everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it even says it comes up with a little kind of uh, thing in Chinese under the search saying organic results under its own properties. Oh, that's like, great. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, that right, norm yeah. is owned SERP, the aberration of organic results. Amazing. Yeah. Wow, is there like a link buying market in in China? Yeah, very much so. Is yeah. that the um, thing? Is yeah, it black it's market or is it like? Is there a government exchange for link bu- building? I, Quite possibly. I mean, like, I, I haven't got that far into it yet, um, you know, in terms of like government kind of level stuff. But like there are people that I've operated with in China, um, you know, and there are there are good Chinese agencies on the ground. Um, there's a couple in Shanghai that I've worked with before, one in um, in Shenzhen down on the kind of border of Hong Kong. Um, yeah, link building is very much a part of it. And I don't know, you know, what to what means. Obviously, we can that you're, you're paying them a fee every month. You get them links back. Um, I'm totally assuming that those are all paid for, obviously, um, in a kind of black hat way. Um, there was some kind of measures to tackle this. A couple of algorithm up, updates done a few years ago, uh, like one called Pomegranate, okay. basically an equivalent of things like you know Panda to kind of um, like tackle kind of toxic backlink domains and, and, and things like that to kind of tackle link spamming. Um, so there is some progress on that. Um, you know, but it still comes down to, you know, are you favored enough by the powers that be in some respect? Yikes. So like, yeah. that's like ranking top ranking factor being favored by the powers that be. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then content. Yeah. And then content oh and God. then links and then <laughs> site architecture and then having a presence on bodies. I mean, there, there are, it's, it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, there's, there's things, there's definitely things you can do. And there's, there's, um, there's big gaps. Uh, in content quality, for example. So, um, you know, I've done some work with some brands in China in the kind of um, hospitality space as well. Uh, and they were producing content around, I think, kind of organic food um, that some some sort of affiliation to their brand that they had as a hotel. And uh, we made like a kind of uh, like piece of content infographic, I think, that was kind of just localized that had some success in the Western market that was good, that got placements on a lot of kind of top um, kind of blogs uh, and there wasn't even a discussion of fees or advertising spend on that. They just liked the content, um, you know, and it, and it was localized. It was kind of sensitive to, you know, the Chinese market. There were some tweaks around, you know, what, what would be relevant to people in terms of what they consume over there. Uh, there's a big middle class buying power in China and the big cities, uh, not just the big cities now, the kind of what they call the tier two cities, um, of which there's about 100 of them that have about 10 million population that you and I never heard of. Um, there's a lot of wealth in those cities and those markets and um, who people who are kind of maybe not necessarily Western looking, but kind of, you know, looking for that kind of quality of life stuff uh, in terms of like going back to examples of organic food and, and things like that, that there is, there is a, a gap for. That's I think, an interesting you know. point. Like, because there yeah. is a lot of Western influence, like the NBA, right? For example, like right. the NBA will not criticize China because that's where their money comes from. So they're like, yeah, let's take a stand on social justice. I applaud the NBA for doing that. But it's a little bit hypocritical, like when it comes to China, they all of a sudden you don't care, which is okay. That's just me on a, on a soapbox calling out the NBA for being a bunch of, you know, hypocrites. But there's a real influence in China from the West. Like, how does that work? Because you have on the one hand, just from a content perspective, you have the influence in the West. But then you have the government saying like, no, we are China. We are, I, I don't know what the hell they are. Um, totalitarian, that's what I'm looking for. How yeah. does the hell does that work from a cultural perspective? 
Um, do you mean in terms of in terms of uh, like when you're writing content like you're talking about yeah. like these people on the one hand are exposed to the West. On the other mm. hand, it's very much not West. How does that express itself out there in terms of I'm, I have a website? Mm. How does that function? Because I, I can't even imagine writing something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, 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 the average Chinese person will, will um, not um, give that any two thoughts, I don't think. You know, uh, obviously, there are things you need to think about in terms of like your tone of voice. Um, but if you, you know, walk around the street in China, there's no one, friends that you make over there, no one's kind of shouting, you know, glory to China totalitarianism and you know like there is a bit of that I had a very weird conversation with a guy on a chain once about uh, my you know my ancestors and, and the opium wars and things like that which um you know was a bit awkward and obviously it's awful so that there is a bit of that that's drawn into education of course and then the things like the hundred years of shame and then the, and the war and things like that that's all in the psyche uh, but the average person and, and the tone of content that you see on platforms like wait we chat Weibo it's it's very soft you know it's, it's very it's very what, what we would assume would be a kind of like a blog you might see on on any kind of site really um you know in any kind of niche it's uh it's very personable it's, it, there's not kind of formality around it it's um yeah it's very very highly evolved and, and the language is kind of leaps and bounds yeah, going back to the point of like you know totalitarianism and things like that like there is obviously a big push to kind of standardize chinese language across um, the country, it's a country that has a billion people in with loads of different languages and dialects and so on. And they're trying to, what's happening with Cantonese, for example, they're trying to gradually edge it out, which is a real shame, um, just to replace it with standardized Mandarin. Right. That being said, there are, there's a lot of kind of evolution in language. New words are being come into the vocabulary every day that come from the internet, um, based on situations that happen. Very cleverly, they're often ways to get around senses. Um, so for example, for a very long time, uh, the word to describe, uh, the word Winnie the Pooh was used to describe uh, Xi Jinping. There's a picture of him walking with uh, Obama that went viral about five or six years ago where they said Obama is Tigger and uh, Xi Jinping is uh, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh subsequently got blocked from senses, I think, for a while because of that. Of course, but there's, yeah, there's Winnie the Pooh is offensive it, so. in every possible way. <laughs> yes, exactly. Frickin' bear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, wow. there's, there's tons of stuff going on. Like, um, you know, it's very difficult to keep up with that as well. There's, there's so much evolution around language. Um, obviously, there are those core principles you have to keep in, in, in mind in terms of culture and uh, the country's positioning and lots of things and being careful. But, um, you know, colloquialism and, and, you know, kind of Internet viral based memes and, uh, you know, the language that comes with that um, is, is very much a part of everyday language in, in China and online. Really interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. So as, as time sort of ebbs away from us here, it's curious, like, what's the SEO community like in uh, in China? Is there like a, a Barry Schwartz who like rounds up all the news? Like, <laughs> what, what goes on there? Is there a Chinese version of John Mueller? I wish there was. Um, so there there was obviously Robin Lee is the founder of Baidu. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily kind of an SEO voice, um, but it's, there's a few people to follow. Um, definitely he's one of them. Um, there are a few people on Twitter, because um, I wish I remember their names now, actually. I'll, I'll uh, follow up in a blog post. All right, we'll throw the show link, notes. link into their names. But um, there are a few voices for sure um, that kind of, um, you know, log kind of SEO updates, not to the extent that Barry does, not to the, you know, the kind of great work that he does there. A few websites like China Internet Watch is one. Uh, there's things like What's on Weibo as well. What's on Weibo, that's a social media-based thing. Um, there are a couple of kind of, China SEO tools that do a great job. Um, so Dragon Metrics is one to call out. That's oh, right, yeah, I've seen Dragon uh, Metrics. Bro. Yeah, they're, they're New York based, but um, they, they, those guys are in China as well. They've got operations over there as well. And they 
they've they've put together really really good guides on how to do China SEO. You know, oh, and awesome. there's, a, there's a couple of blog pieces that I've written as well. I'm not going to throw myself into that. I don't know. In, yeah. Into that as well, but um, in, in China, yeah, but you know, in, in China as well, like yeah, there's 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 definitely individuals to follow. I'd say like on on Twitter and on, uh, definitely on Weibo and we on WeChat, which I'll um, you know, I'll, once once it's done, I'll I'll link to them in a, in a Twitter piece or a blog piece. Yeah, awesome. Okay. It's, yeah. it's so fascinating. All right. Well, this has literally been one of the most like interesting conversations I've ever had about SEO ever. We could do this for like another half hour, but I know my list. Oh, just got started. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. It, it, the whole podcast is a tease. I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> no worries. Man. We could do a round two. I am very open to have a round two about China SEO. Go a little bit deeper into this. But uh, where can people find you? Yeah, so I've got a website. Um, so it's owenloywilliams.com for those curious as how to say my name it's it's pronounced like owen uh, even though there's a bit of welsh in there um and i'm on twitter as well so the handle is at uh, owen underscore lw um you know one of the downsides of having a very long name is you have to kind of uh, truncate it quite a lot uh, so i'm on twitter I'm, I'm on i've got a website where i kind of keep a little corner i blog relatively frequently when i can there's a number of china seo guides and blog posts that i've written uh, i recently did like a analysis of uh by these analytics tool, um, they update that quite a bit, and there's some weird stuff in there to look into as well. Um, obviously, it's all in Chinese, the actual tool itself. Like, find us some translation to help. <laughs> um, so I kind of keep my, myself in that space as well. But um, the China SEO, obviously, it's just it's just kind of one thing that I've kind of uh, carried on as a niche for sort of past ten years or so. I've been kind of freelancing as a kind of SEO generalist consultant for a couple of years now, and um, yeah, you can keep in touch on the website or on Twitter. Please do. And are you on TikTok? No, far too old. Oh, come on, though. man. I, the, I ask every guest, and no one is because I, I, it's a joke and I ask, but you're China SEO. Come on. I know. I should be. Even uh, my, my, my partner, my, my, my girlfriend, uh, she, she works in kind of digital advertising. She did a few campaigns for TikTok, and now she's obsessed. Um, I should get on it, shouldn't I? Because that, that going back that, to what I was saying, yeah, that, got, that is a window. That is a window. In uh, I'm a boomer. Yeah. I'll never go on, but like, you're a Chinese <laughs> SEO. Like, come on. It's gotta, you got to be on TikTok. I know. I know. I'm, right. on, I'm, on, I'm on WeChat. I'm on Weibo. I should get on TikTok. You're right. I think I'm just resisting it because I'm like, no, I'm, 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 I'm a threat. I'm too old for this stuff. You know, damn <laughs> no, kids. Damn. I know, I know, I know. It sounds, sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. TikTok um, is ridiculous, but um, <laughs> whatever. I'll get on it. All right, you let me know. I'll add to the show notes. Anyway, folks, thank you for tuning in. SEO Rant comes out weekly Thursdays. Usually check it out wherever you consume your podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and the SEORant.com. I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this. It's amazing. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. Really great chat. Absolutely. And toodles. <laughs>